You are listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Every Monday morning, you can catch up on the previous Sunday sermon or ones you've missed from the past. You can find out more about us at bozemanumc.org or on our Facebook or Instagram page. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to share with a friend. Amen and amen. Another hand for our choir. What a beautiful way to start the morning. Well, we're glad that you're all here with us this morning. My name is Pastor Zach Bechtold, and whether you're here in person with us or you join us online, whether that's today, tomorrow, the next day, we know that whenever and however we gather, the Holy Spirit surrounds us and we worship together. And today, today we come to the end of a sermon series called Discovering Divine Design. And over the last few weeks, we have been embracing our identity as children of God, seeing the world with the eyes of Christ and that all people are loved deeply and children of God. Then we began to look at our passions and our gifts all that we have, that we are, that God has created us to be, and and how we come together to be the body of Christ, that we need each other, that this work of sharing God's love and grace for all all people, this work of seeking justice and ending oppression and and creating sacred space for, for everyone, it takes us all. It takes us all bringing our gifts and our passions to the table, and we remember that we are in this together. And then last week, we stepped into our calling. We stepped into our calling as Jesus made the definitive statement saying, you are, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And I hope this week, as you went about your lives, that you added a little flavor to the world around you and that the light of God's love radiated from you and continues to do so. Our identity, our gifts, our passions, our calling all lead us to today. As I want us to begin to take a look within and begin to see the legacy that we as people and as the church are cultivating. A whole lot like our our kids shared with us this morning, the things that we hold on to, the things that we teach one another. And they're right, legacy is a funny word. It's one of those words in the English language that has multiple meanings depending on the context in which you use it. As Merriam-Webster would define legacy as a noun, the very first definition is that it's a legal word. It represents an uh, often large gifts that someone leaves behind for for their family when they have passed. At the very basics of what legacy means, at least according to the dictionary, it's that. It's gifts we leave behind when we're gone. But legacy legacy can also refer to membership in an organization. We have legacy members and organizations all over our community. And then legacy can also mean something that is transmitted or received from our ancestors or or predecessor from our past. See, Merriam-Webster uses ancient philosophy and the pain and suffering that are left behind by war as an examples of that definition, of the things that we pass on over time. Legacy means a lot of different things, all significant and important in their own right. And for me, 
I have come to understand legacy as the pieces of ourselves that we leave behind in our friends, our family, our neighbors, and strangers. And see, we often recognize legacy and we celebrate it when somebody passes away. That is a beautiful time to, to share someone's legacy, all of the things that they left within us. But I would argue that there is a living legacy that we cultivate each and every day. That our legacy doesn't just happen when we die, but yet it's here and now and we should celebrate it. We should name it. But not as a boastful and arrogant thing to say, look at me, look at my legacy. No. But to begin to acknowledge where we have been, where we're going, and how the love and grace of God and the people in our lives got us there. And when I think back to the definition that Merriam-Webster offered, they do point to a very important reminder for each of us. When we begin to look at legacy, legacy not, is not always positive. We as the people, as the church, as institution, as countries, as parents, as neighbors, you name it. There are moments in our lives where our legacy is cultivated harm. And we need to own that. Because if we don't own that, we can't move towards the beautiful parts of legacy. We can't move towards forgiveness and reconciliation. We can't move towards that love. And that's why I think it's important to name our legacy, to understand that we're cultivating these legacies as we live, and that means as people and as a church. It's important to recognize that, when we, that, that we're moved to do good. And it's important to recognize in those moments that we've caused harm. That's what gives me hope. That's what gives me hope that there is grace in both of those moments. And I would venture to say that's the thing that moves us to perfection and love when we're able to see within those moments we've done good and caused harm and bring hope to both. But the ultimate legacy, the ultimate legacy that we are all trying to live into to cult cultivate in our own lives and our faiths and our ministries and our communities and our families, everywhere we go, I hope, is the legacy of Christ's love. Living out our faith in such a way that the love and grace of Christ just shines through. It can't help but do anything but shine through and make an impact in this world. See, that's God's love that continues to change the world. That is God's legacy. And I thought a lot about Scripture that lives into and kind of paints the picture of what legacy means. And there's a whole bunch of it. There's a whole bunch of examples throughout the Hebrew Bible, through the New Testament, and the Gospels, and Paul's letters, through it all. But for me, the one that captures the legacy of God the best, as the way that I understand it, comes from the letter of 1 John, chapter 4. Won't you hear it again? Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. This is how we know we remain in him and he remains in us because he has given us a measure of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And if any of us confess that Jesus is Son, God remains in us and we remain in God. We have known and have believed that the love of God has, has for us. God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God, and God remains in them. 
See, church, the legacy of God's love is for all people. It's right there. It's right there in that quick little snippet of that letter. If God loves us this way, we also ought to love each other. And if we love each other, God remains in us, and God's love is made perfect in us. See, 1 John, this letter is written to the Ephesians about 70 or so years after Jesus. And when we begin to think about that time frame, we remember that this letter is written to second and third generation Christians. Those who had personally had experiences with Jesus or or the, the disciples and apostles, they're beginning to be fewer and far between. And so there's this personal letter written to express the legacy of Jesus. The legacy that Jesus cultivated through his life, death, and resurrection. The legacy in which Jesus leaves behind is one of love for all people. Is one of hope for all people. Is one of a deep grace for all people. A love that God birthed into the world. A love that Jesus walked in. And a love that the Holy Spirit continues to call us to. And church, I think about legacy. I think about legacy a lot. And I don't know yet if that's a good or bad thing or really what it says about me. But because I tell other people's stories a lot, I get to hear other people's legacies as told by their friends and family and loved ones. The ways in which they cultivated in their friends and family. And because I hear other people's stories and and I get to hear how other people perceived it, I think a lot about my own What legacy, good or bad, have I cultivated? If you were to ask my family today or when I'm gone, what would they say? What would they say about me? What would you say? I think about the church a lot. Because every church I've ever served as a pastor, there's a plaque somewhere in that church that has my name on it and how long I served. And when people see my name on that plaque and a long list of pastors, do they say anything? Did I make a difference? What was the legacy I left behind? And I know that's a very selfish thing to think about, but I think about it a lot. I think about it when people drive by our church here or they see us online. What do they think of when they see Bozeman United Methodist Church? What do they see? Who do they see? What have they heard? What have they experienced within the church, outside of the church, or because of the church? And I don't ask these questions so that when we leave here today, you'll shake my hand and say, oh, pastor, you did such a good job. That's not, I'm not fishing for compliments today, church, although I will take them. (laughs) And this certainly isn't a sermon about guilt. To guilt you into doing better and to doing more, that's not what any of this is about. First John reminds us that God's love changes the world. It's God's love that brings us together. It's God's love that drives us to do good. Here it again, dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. 
No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. People, we, those that surround us, see God in love. And the love in which we share with one another, and the love in which we share with our friends, our families, our neighbors, and our strangers, that is where God's love is seen. The love in which we live our lives then. The love in which our faith is built on. And when I think about the church and the legacy that we leave behind, I think about the last 158 years of this church, the legacy that is contained within these walls, the legacy that is contained within this community of Bozeman and beyond, all because of the Methodists. The legacy of love and care for the people in this community. And certainly that branches far beyond the Methodists but it's the legacy that we're cultivating here today, a legacy of grace for all, a legacy to welcome people right where they are. And when we think about the last 158 years, that's a whole lot easier because we can see the fruits of that legacy. We're all here because of that legacy, whether you know it or not. The much harder question when we begin to think about legacy is looking into the future to see the legacy that we are cultivating here and now. And I think that's why I dwell so much on the questions from before. And so I want us to take a minute. I want you to take a minute and simply think. Think about what Bozeman United Methodist Church looks like in just five years. Five years from now, what does this church look like? See, it's easy to look back five years ago and we begin to see, oh my gosh, how far we have come. Digital ministry, people gathering with us from near and far, wherever they may be, however they may be, that seemed like a dream five years ago. And yet now we're living into it. People sitting in this room that weren't sitting there five years ago, we can see what the past brings up. But what does the future hold? What does the future hold? What do we look like in five years? What kind of legacy will we see when we look back to now in five years? Is it one of scarcity and anxiety? Is it one of apathy? Is it one of hope and love? Is it one of grace and peace? Is it one of caring for our neighbor? Is it one of giving up? Is it one of moving forward? What is it, church? What is the legacy we're cultivating today for tomorrow? And I want us to remember, when we begin to think about the future of the church, it is not these young people sitting here. They are not the future of our church. They are our here and now. We're not waiting on them to grow up. They're here. We're all here. We're all in this together. We're all cultivating a future for 158 years down the road. And I hope, I have hope, I have hope, I have hope 
for the future. Because I have great hope for today. The last 158 years are simply a foundation. Today is simply a foundation for tomorrow. So let us not wait. Let us not wait around for the past to somehow be the present. Let us continue. Let us continue to live into who God has created us to be today. Who He has created us to be as children of God, as the church, as the body of Christ. Let us continue to cultivate a legacy that lives far beyond ourselves. Let us cultivate a legacy worth talking about in 158 years. Let us live into God's love in such a profound way. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on each week's sermon. To find out more information about us, you can go to bozemanumc.org or check us out on our Facebook and Instagram pages. No matter where you find us or connect with us, we pray that you get out there and do good.